Mostly first team things say to me is every team needs a shooter. And even if they got one, two's not bad. They bring the double at Booker. Book on the spin. Fires for the win! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know, now you do. Welcome back to the Sun Central Podcast. Lucas, all I got to say is, woo! How you doing, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, and I'm happy to be back here. Devin and I had a bit of a break just during the Suns games and, and uh, being upset with the, the losses and, of course, the Devin Booker injury. But, you know, it feels good, man. It feels to get two wins in the Big D, as I kept calling it against Dallas twice there, and uh, it, w- it was great seeing uh, Fluka Frodic <laughs> uh, upset tonight, so I had to throw that in there, but yeah, no, I'm doing well. How are you doing, Devin? Hey, man, I think we should be gracious winners, bro. Two in a row, it just feels good, man. It feels good. After taking those two L's in Denver, like you said, it is just like a weight off my shoulders. You know, I was really angry last week. I didn't really want to make a podcast. I know we were all busy, but I was not in the right headspace at all. I was going to be you know, this kind of doomer, gloomer, like, oh, blah, 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 nonsense, nonsense, nonsense. But hey, got some dubs. It's always good to record on a dub. Let's just get right into it, man. These Dallas games have been fantastic. I think a big takeaway for me, Lucas, has been the fourth quarter performances. And it's just been like night and day mm-hmm. looking at how they play Denver and looking at how they're playing Dallas. Obviously, Denver's a much better team. However, you know, just looking at these incremental improvements throughout the season and just seeing it all come together. Is fantastic, Lucas. What are your thoughts? Absolutely. Yeah, I think when we're playing like this and you're starting to see Booker and Paul mesh a bit more, and this is all without Cameron Payne and his stellar play that we saw before the ankle injury, and Dario, of course. And, you know, when we have those people back and this backcourt starts to mesh even more, which we'll talk about later, we are going to be in that conversation with those upper echelon teams. Because honestly, when those things are in play, I do think we're in that spot. And, of course, it's kind of a temperature check. Everything's pretty optimistic right now, but I, I'm pretty pleased with what I saw tonight and uh, as well as the first game against the Mavericks, and I think we're going to be a team to reckon with going forward. So, yeah, in that first Mavericks game, uh, just a few talking points. Uh, we're, we're not going to recap everything. That's not what we want this to be. We, we wanted to go over some topics and uh, some fun exercises and such, but yeah, dude, James Johnson, Mr. Black Belt, who they, they keep talking about, that dude obliterated shoulder man <laughs> that was that was pretty upsetting what would you think when you said that dirty foul at first i didn't know what it was i was kind of like is Aiden just like faking an injury is he like being soft but like i was kind of being a little bit too rough on him obviously that was brutal i play hockey i used to play hockey a lot that looked like a huge shoulder check his trap is tight it's like have you, have you ever been like doing like pulling a trap muscle that's like yeah yeah, yeah. That, that sucks that really sucks. yeah there were moments today where i almost thought man he's probably feeling it still Right. And and on that note, I just wanted to bring up the big man's been pretty sturdy and reliable so far. Like other than, of course, the suspension he went through, you know, he hasn't really dealt with too many injuries. He's had that ankle injury uh, recurring a, a couple times last season. Blame it on the Pumas, I guess. But, you know, when, when I saw him grimacing, I was like, wait a minute, that's not regular. So I just thought that was worthwhile. And yeah, man, CP3 as of late, per usual, right? He, he works it in the mid range, but 
he's just been playing a, a lot better all around offensively. And I think a lot of that just is he had to, you know, with Booker out, he was almost, you know, just uh, baptized by fire. He just had to, he had to get going um, and he did so. And yeah, that first Dallas game was really fun. Just little things, whether it was bridges, just being everywhere, breaking up like dribble handoffs or guarding Luca with ease and just locking him down in the fourth quarter. I just thought it was encouraging. And, and tonight it was also fun to be able to see us get the win. What are some of your thoughts uh, from tonight's game? We have mentioned the biggest thing in tonight's game. I, I know you're talking about temperature checks. The biggest heat check I saw tonight was the last couple seconds where uh, Mr. D book hit that big bucket. I was thinking about changing our intro music to that shot, but I guess the timeline kind of beat us to the punch. Man, that was fantastic. Like, like that's the one thing I've been waiting for Devin Booker to put together is that, that three-point shot, that pull-up game off the catch, being that shooter off the ball. And it's just, oh gosh, man, I'm just, I'm hyped up. I'm hyped up about this shot. I'm hyped up with this game. Booker, man, he's amazing. He's back. Uh, not a lot of playmaking today, but he didn't really need to. It wasn't his role. Chris Paul got a nine assist. He picked up the slack nicely. And it was just nice seeing him come off that screen. Aiden said a great screen, Monday said as well. And man, like that, that, that shot defined it all. Like that's fourth quarter success. That's playoff basketball. That's what you want to see from your superstar after having a couple mm-hmm. questionable games. And yeah, I'm not concerned about Booker at all. I think he'll continue to work it back in with his free throws, his handles, passing, all that. He looked fantastic, Lucas. Also, I wanted to talk about Aiden. I know he had some off games on offense, but overall, uh, the one thing I've been seeing consistently about Aiden is his defense and his rebounding. That's all. That's always been up. I, I haven't really seen too many poor rebounding games or poor defensive games from Aiden all season. Yeah, he had 17 tonight, and he had uh, 17 in the other Mavericks game. And yeah, just puts up a lot of rebounds consistently, uh, consistently, and that's really helpful when you look at some of our personnel and definitely needed. So yeah, you're, you're totally right there. Yeah, for sure. And just one more thing. I, I wonder how Luka Doncic feels knowing that the sons of a guy who literally sits when he sits, plays when he plays, and is on him 24-7. Mikhail Bridges again. Uh, mm. Pretty good performance on Luka Doncic. Just, I, I imagine um, him feeling how LeBron felt in the playoffs when uh, Kawhi came onto the shift and just kind of like shaking his head, just like swearing under his breath, like, oh my gosh, this guy's on me again. It's awesome to have a guy like that having a specialist, not even a specialist, just like a lockdown guy, just a guy you can just throw on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can put him on the best player consistently. I know I was definitely uh, enjoying recently, Kevin O'Connor did a video on The Void and it was on Mikhail Bridges, so uh, in the sun. So definitely watch that if you haven't. But yeah, one thing he mentioned was just how you can put this guy on their best perimeter player. And then, you know, once Mikhail is back on offense and maybe he's in that corner, uh, waiting for one of our uh, primary initiators or creators to open something up. Typically, the person that's going to be defending him might be that best perimeter player. They might slag off of him a bit, which then allows Mikhail to kind of throw them off and, and have a nice cut uh, or a drive or, or do something new, which we've been seeing a lot of recently. Uh, so he's definitely not someone you can relax on uh, when you're guarding him either. So um, really love to see Mikhail doing all of the things that he does and yeah, he, he's just been such a joy. Mikhail Bridges, simply put, we always say that. And yeah, in this Mavericks game tonight, I guess just some of the things that we took away is, you know, Cam Johnson's been pretty cold for a while. It just seems like he's allergic to a Chris Paul assist. He re- hasn't been hitting his threes as much as you would like him to be doing so. And we'll talk about that starting lineup again. Big Cam Johnson fans here, uh, wishing him the best. Hopefully he can get that going. But 
something kind of fun, man, that Mikhail and Frank Kaminsky connection, uh, you know, Frank the Tank with that almost triple-double against against the Warriors, yeah, and then coming in today and, you know, finding Mikhail on those uh, not backdoor play, and really Frank has been pretty fun to see, and it, we'll, we'll talk about him a bit later, but uh, when it comes down to it, he is on a minimum contract, which is just pretty wild. Um, you know, when it, he's I'm not going to be. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I, I got, I got, I got to take a minute, man. Like it, it's Frank Kaminsky. I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but when you get almost a triple double out of him, uh, out of a minimum contract player, it's fun to see. You know, Frank Kaminsky is infuriating when you have to play through him in the fourth quarter, uh, like we had to see in that double overtime. Um, and we definitely, definitely hurts us there. With all that said, I am going to give Frank the Tank a little bit of props uh, because you know what? He's been doing pretty good recently. Uh, I know like last year in December, yeah. he was just on fire and I feel like we're kind of getting that a little bit. And yeah, man, I, I don't mind having him behind Dario as this minimum, minimum contract uh, center. So he was fun to see. Devin, any closing remarks about uh, tonight's Mavericks game. Well, yeah, Mikhail and Frank remind me of Dario and Cam in the bubble, man. Like those two big man forward duos are hilarious, man. They're always chirping each other on social media or at the practices. You know, Frank and Mikhail, they're uh, Chipotle boys. They always go to Chipotle together and eat their lunch there. Uh, I think they get it for free. They have like a special platinum card where they can just walk in and get whatever they want because uh, they're such big fans of the food. Uh, and that's hilarious. Like those two guys, I always see them bantering and having fun. And it's good to see them having success together on the floor. Just reminded me of uh, uh, Cam. I guess I guess Cam's having a little bit of issues, man. Maybe he needs his sky kick back, making some plays for him. And Dario Saric, can't wait to have him back in the team when he comes back from it. I think it was COVID still. I don't know if he has COVID or not, but yeah, wishing him the best in his speedy recovery, man. Other than that, man, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, we'll get into that in a bit. We have an upcoming new This Week in Suns Twitter where Lucas will take over. This week in Suns Twitter, I took notice to a tweet by at Dan Favali. Dan has a lot of good stuff, so make sure to check him out, whether that be his podcast or just Twitter feed in general or many of his pieces that he writes. But Dan had to, uh, this to say, and he pointed out that Chris Paul is currently tied with Damian Lillard for second in crunch time field goal makes. Jokic is currently first. Chris Paul is shooting at 12 out of 20 or 60% on his twos outside the restricted area in the clutch, which is just absurd. So definitely some interesting stuff here. And it definitely aligns with what you'd expect out of Chris Paul in the clutch. And it's also interesting to see his shot chart and where he's excelling this season. So make sure to give at Dan Favali a follow on Twitter and tune in next week for another edition of This Week in Suns Twitter. All right, so definitely some interesting stuff there. Uh, I thought I would pull that just because we're definitely seeing that fun narrative and maybe Thunder fans spammed it a bit too much, just, uh, you know, clutch ball and uh, point guard on your your feed. But it really is true. Uh, Chris Paul is living up to that now. And he's been great in the fourth quarter, and it's good to see. And we both know that when it comes to the playoffs, it's an absolute luxury to have a Devin Booker and a Chris Paul hitting those sort of shots. You know, whether it's tonight's game or the infamous game winner against the Clippers, just absolutely electric. I was in the middle of a, 
I think it was like an H&M or something in California. I was on a trip and I was just going absolutely berserk. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was uh, on a bit of a trip, but I definitely think uh, we're going to have a lot more barbaric screams from some game winners soon here. So, so yeah, definitely fun stuff we're seeing from Chris Paul. And, you know, the backcourt is looking, the backcourt uh, pairing is looking a, a little bit better. Although, of course, just by nature of how they play the game, some differences there. We'll get into that a bit later. But something we wanted to touch on is just some of these tough losses and, you know, how that goes into the seeding, you know, when it all comes down to it, when the playoffs are here, we've had some tough losses. Devin, what do you think about some of those as, you know, him and I were just reflecting on the win-loss column. Um, what what comes to mind when you think about some of those tough losses? Yeah, we were talking about this before the show. and We are just saying, could you imagine what our record would be if we didn't lose to, I'll list them all out because we got them on our heads. The Kings, Wizards, Nuggets twice, and the Thunder. Are you kidding me? The Thunder? Okay, I'm, I know that game was a while ago, but I'm, I'm just like, uh, I just can't get over that one and the Wizards too. But yeah. Yeah, overall, all those teams, especially those Nuggets games, man, I was I was going off on Twitter. I was just like upset with the refs. I was upset with the whole game. And that should have been ours. Both of them, uh, unfortunately, were not going our way. Mm. You think even the second one? Without Booker. Well, you know what? It was rough. I think that apparently Murray traveled. Like the refs admitted later after the yeah, game that he yeah, did yeah. travel. And um, yeah, nothing else to say. But you're right. Yeah, no. When it those are some tough losses, especially you know one of those Kings games that feels like uh, years ago at this point. Um, but yeah, one of those those Kings losses, that Wizards loss when Robin Lopez and Mortz Wagner paid rent and water and a water bill and all that instead of DeAndre Ayton's head. So that was unfortunate. <laughs> And yeah, at least one of those Nuggets game, maybe both even as a depleted team, we took them to overtime. Um, and then, yeah, that Thunder loss was upsetting. And, you know, coming off a high here against these two Mavericks wins, we do want to bring it back down um, just with the thought that, hey, we need to be winning these games against teams we should be and splitting games against, you know, teams that are close in skill or talent or personnel with us if we want to really live up to some of the playoff aspirations that we've placed on this team definitely looking into that hopefully we can continue to excel in that way and you know some of the upcoming games we're playing the pelicans hopefully we can take business i run that one yeah 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 the you know zion i don't know dude's not playing defense not sure he might have some fun bleacher reports dunks but i know they played him at center for a little bit um Interesting stuff. That's interesting. You know, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. I'm all yeah, yeah. And we're also seeing rumors about Alonzo and JJ Redick. One of the teams that was interested was the, was the Suns. You know, I'm not sure how reliable source Scoop B is or, you know, whoever I saw on Twitter. But, yeah, hopefully we can take care of business there. And then we're going to be playing the Pistons again. Hopefully we can get a um, revenge a re- game. Yeah, a revenge game. Hopefully Jeremy Durant doesn't. As sad as that sounds. As yeah. sad as that sounds. A revenge game against the Detroit Pistons. Like, are you kidding me? Like, you know it's how. It's going to be a thing. Yeah. It's going to be a thing. And we also should have played Langston Galloway more. Former squad. He, I think he played, like, uh, you know, a lot in that first half and was just uh, on fire. And then we didn't play, us, play him almost at all in the second half. And then, you know, we're going to have a game against Boston on Sunday, which that'll be a fun one. You know, a lot, a lot of talk right now about Jalen Brown and, you know, just how good he is. And that is totally true. So, you know, fun games coming up. Hopefully we can, you know, quit losing these tough games against these teams that are just um, absolutely rubbish. Anyways, Devin, would you talk a bit about Cam and Crowder and what that looks like in the starting lineup? Yeah, Cam and Crowder, it's tough. 
I know Monty's been trying to like move stuff around and try and see what sticks. I don't think it sticks at all. It's been a couple games already. You know, Cam's good. I think Cam's just not in the right role. I, I need him to have the ball in his hands a lot more on the bench to get better production from him. I need him touching the ball more. I need him dribbling the ball more. I need him to be cutting. I need him to be, you know, of course, he's a good spot-up shooter, obviously, but when he's only getting spot-up shots, he's not kind of getting warmed up and he's not getting the ball in his hands to get that touch going. It's not really working well for him. Jay Crowder's a lot more valuable starting with this team, especially when you had uh, Dallas throwing out Maxi Kleba and uh, Porzingis at the same time. I would have loved to see more instances where Crowder's switching on to Porzingis or Kleba because he locked him up. He locked up Porzingis in those, a couple times. He was guarding him today. Uh, really just good to see him just settle for mid-range shots. And it just shows you how valuable Jay Crowder is and why we got him in the first place for this team. It's really important that you have that because a lot of teams in the NBA, especially in the West, are going to be playing big. The Lakers, you know, the Nuggets. You're going to want to have that stopper, that big man stopper. When DeAndre gets pushed onto a guard or anything like that, to have that kind of backup plan. It's really important. Right, yeah. Like Michael Porter Jr., when we played Denver, it's like, Oh, oh man, this dude is humongous, and you know they're playing him. Uh, you know, at the three or four, you're totally right. I think Jake Crowder is just such a premium to have on this team. You're seeing the Miami Heat. Um, it seems like collectively, at least you know, in their like Reddit little niche community or on Twitter, a lot of them are pointing to the loss of Jake Crowder and just how torrential that's been for them. I think it's a, a bit nuanced. I think it can be game by game, or, or sometimes who has the hot hand. But I think when you look at some of the uh, the stats we've been able to see from admittedly a smaller sample size, it seems like Cam does really thrive in that bench role and, and Crowder might just be a, a good stabilizer uh, to have in that starting lineup. But really, I do think it can go either way at, at certain games. And, you know, Cam, everyone has their cold spells and uh, can a bit of one today wasn't really hitting his shots as much as you'd like to see him doing so. So yeah, definitely interesting to see what Monty is doing there with the starting lineup. But yeah, I think really what matters here is going to be, you know, Booker and Paul continuing to mesh, um, you know, now with their pace being the 30th in the league and, you know, both them being these players that excel in the mid range and not really having, you know, that volume three point shooter, the guy that's going to take a ton of pull-ups. It's an interesting fit. But hugely, you know, when you have eight and at the five, and we saw that four-game stretch, that is so important for the starting lineup. I wanted to, you know, talk about him a bit just because of, you know, how he played. He de- he deserves more credit. You know, plenty of people have already given him that, but we haven't recorded in a bit. In a bit, so I wanted to bring up this in that four-game stretch where he he had lost, where the team did lose you know, more games than, than we won, which was unfortunate. Really wish we could have capitalized on a lot of these performances, but he was at 22 points uh, per game, almost 15 rebounds, a pair of blocks, and uh, he was on 64% field goal percentage. So DeAndre Ayton was incredible, hoping to see something closer to that. But when it came down to it, Ayton also clocked in 17 rebounds and, you know, some fun defensive plays. And it's just good to see him dribbling a little bit you know, definitely awkward sometimes and he'll get it picked off or stolen. But it's also just good to see his aggression as of late, him attacking the rim, cleaning up the glass and putting in tip-ins. And finally, Chris Paul's connecting with him on alley-oops, it seems like most every single game. And uh, getting to the line more and just being a, more of an aggressive player. So it definitely has been fun. And Devin and I will always uh, go back to that poster he had on Xavier Tillman 
that was just absolutely filthy. Fun to see. And uh, yeah, we're looking forward to see how that Booker and Paul backcourt continues to work out. What did you think about that, Devin? Yeah, the big key for that backcourt to be working is the three-point shot. And Booker was doing the three-point shot today. He was hitting them all, especially the last one that uh, saved us the game. It's really important because it allows Booker to be off-ball, allows him to be comfortable, allowing Chris to run the offense more. And, you know, we didn't see a lot of assists from Devin Booker. I don't think we saw any assists, and I'm not sure, if, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's important. It's really important that either if, if book wants to be more on the ball then chris has got to be ready to be a spot up shooter he's got to be ready to get that three-point shot off and off and going and he had a couple of those threes today but it's really important that this is not book and rubio anymore it's a uh, a lot different but it's interesting i i i remember book and rubio they used to kind of have a little two-man game where book would come off a screen or he would just kind of dish it over to rubio in the corner and allow him to spot up and he would do that all the time he wouldn't make them all but it would still kind of be like that and today kind of reminded me of that two-man game, but then uh, Booker took the role of Rubio. He was a little bit more off-ball. He was ready to spot up. He was hitting his shots. And I don't know if that's a fair comparison or not. I know comparing Devin Booker to Ricky Rubio is a little bit strange. but Yeah, I think with the three-point shots, I hear, hear what you're saying. As poor as a three-point shooter Ricky Rubio was, he did it a lot better last season. And yeah, the, the main thing there is just Rubio could hit that spot-up three, that open three. And just, yeah, what we're seeing now, the difference is, is, you know, having our backcourt, both of them are able to set up others. Both of them are able to score at will in the mid-range, kind of have that three parts to their game there. So definitely interesting stuff. And we're just seeing Chris Paul score a lot more and do it in a more encouraging way. Uh, Kind of put aside the naysayers. That's like, you know, has Chris Paul lost a step and we can see the top of his head, he's bald, you know. The last four games, he had 34 points, nine assists, nine rebounds, two steals. That was a win. Uh, then he had 29 points, 12 assists, four steals, three rebounds. That was a win. And then he had a 13-point game uh, with four assists, three rebounds, and two steals in a win. Uh, of course, he we then followed that up with the loss. He, but he had 32 points, five assists, five rebounds, and a steal. You know, we're just seeing him kind of come into this offense more. We saw the same with the Thunder. They definitely had a cold start. But the thing is, is even with this backcourt not quite clicking, you know, we're a team that is, you know, we're winning games, right? And uh, we're looking pretty good doing so. So uh, just to close things up, we kind of wanted to take a laugh at some of the things that we've seen in the past. Uh, it's just kind of funny now seeing a, a bit of success with the team to take, you know, stroll down memory lane and laugh ourselves a bit. So Devin, I'm just going to throw a few things at you and maybe it can just humble us a bit. Kendall Marshall, you know, remember when everyone was high on him? That's kind of funny. Um, how about the gray-sleeved Phoenix Suns jerseys? Uh, you know, seeing that Karan Butler-like model, those. <laughs> that's fun. Maybe discussing, you know, who should we take, Josh Jackson, or if the opportunity, Jason Tatum. I mean, obviously, I, I was pretty convinced that Josh Jackson was going to be great. So that's not, you know, I, that's just kind of the collective um, opinion on Josh Jackson. It's unfortunate to see what happened there. Um, Devin, what you want to you know add in here a bit? Just you know, now that we're coming off some fun wins, what are some of the more humbling experiences or thoughts that you've had with the Suns in the past? Well, man, it's humbling. I'll tell you guys a little bit of a story. Uh, I'm from Canada, by the way. I don't know if you guys know that. I think you do if you've been listening since the beginning of the show. But I came down to Phoenix like in 2019 to watch a game, a Suns game. It was Suns Pistons. I was spring break. I was in the 11th grade and. I was just enjoying the games like, man, this is going to be awesome. Devin Booker, 
who's this guy? DeAndre Aiden. I didn't even know who he was. I didn't even, I didn't even follow basketball that much. I was like, eh, who's this guy? DeAndre Aiden. You know, I wasn't a big, I was, I was kind of into basketball a little bit here and there, but I was, I was a huge Booker stan and I was excited to see Jimmer Fredette. I was excited to see Jamal Crawford. I didn't care <laughs> about um, Mikhail Bridges. I didn't even know who Mikhail Bridges was. Like I was that much of a fool. But after that game, uh, I just got back into the Suns like full force. I was learning about everybody watching a bunch of podcasts, and I'm grateful for that game. I, they lost that game to the Pistons. That's a humbling experience, to be honest. You got to see your beloved Jimmy Fredette. <laughs> he didn't even play, I don't think. It, it was Jamal Crawford, though. I saw Jamal Crawford. He's a bucket, if you don't know already. That, that was brutal, though, man. That was a tough experience, man, the, the whole Jamal Crawford experience and <laughs> having him brick shot after shot. Didn't he, didn't he drop 50 points for uh, that team? He had 50 yeah, points. I think that's yeah, pretty cool. You know, you know that, that'll be the Bleacher Report storyline to close off his time in Phoenix. Uh, but outside of that, that dude made me pull my hair out as much as I do like him, uh, you know, and a player he was in his career, but, you know, was not too fond of his time <laughs> in Phoenix. Um, so definitely some funny things to look back on. Um, but you know, now we're, we're a fun team. We're winning some games and I think we're going to be a lot of fun to talk about, you know, going forward and Dev and I are going to continue to pump out some podcasts and do exactly that. So appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to give us a follow at suns underscore central on Twitter. And thank you so much for listening to our little sons podcast, our our humble uh, conversations we're having here. Hopefully we can continue uh, to have some fun here. So thanks so much guys. We'll talk to you guys soon.